And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to our special Thanksgiving edition of Haunted AF. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) we do really good turkey sounds. I know. God, we're amazing. I thought the bird was like in the room with us. These are turkey ghost stories (laughs) told by real turkeys, and we are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. I can't get past our turkeys. I'm I know. Sorry. <laughs> the thing that's sad is we've been asking for like creepy Christmas. Yes. And uh, holiday horror stories right. for a while now. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any. I'm like, Aww. certainly there's something bad had to happen at somebody's Thanksgiving. Right. Or Christmas or something. Anything. In worst case scenario, we just will tell the Krampus story. I actually do have a sort of creepy Christmas story. Yeah. Can I tell it? Yeah, of course. So when I was little, we used to always go to Conway, Arkansas. Okay. And my grandparents lived across the street from a cemetery. Mm -hmm. And so my grandpa would load all the grandkids up in his station wagon and take us across the street at night to the cemetery and park in the middle of the the graveyard. Yeah. And then he would tell ghost stories. I love that. Yeah. And uh, I only remember one of them. And they were kind of like old timey ghost stories. They weren't like the kind that we tell now. So the only one I remember is that he told a story about there were these two men in town and they were arch rivals. They Uh hated each other. Well, one of them died. And guy number one, who was still alive, was bragging to everybody, I'm going to go dance on his grave. (laughs) Like, I am so glad that he's dead. I'm going to go dance on his grave. So he's like raving to all of his friends at a bar one night about it. He's Uh like, I'm going to leave here and go dance on his grave. And uh, the bartender's like, oh, really? I bet you won't take a knife and go and stab it into the grave. If you hate him that much, don't just dance. Stab a knife into the grave. That's like double kill him. Yeah, exactly. So the guy's drunk and he He's like, all right, I'm going to do it. So on his way home, he stops and gets one of those big hunting knives. Uh And so he goes back out. He goes to the cemetery. He dances on the guy's grave. He's like, you, I'm alive. (laughs) You're dead. Woo! And he's dancing. So he gets down on all fours. He's like, you son of a bitch. And he takes the knife and he stabs it down into the ground. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And he goes to stand up. And he can't move. He's frozen. He can't get up. What? And he's struggling. And he's like, oh, my God, he's he's exacting his revenge on me. No, no. <laughs> he's trying to get up. And he can't can't get up. He actually has a heart attack and dies on, on this guy's grave. grave. Yes. <laughs> so the next day, they're searching for him. The townsfolk go out to the cemetery and they find this guy <laughs> dead on his arch rival's plot. And when they look at him, they realize that when he had stabbed that big hunting knife into the ground, he had actually done it right through his tie. <laughs> and that's why he couldn't get up. Oh, my God. So then my grandpa would wrap up the story by saying, you know, he is actually buried near here. And they say, if you go to his grave site and you say, hello, how you doing in there? He'll answer. He'll say, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and my grandpa would say, I'm going to go try it out. Y'all stay here. Stay in the car. Uh-huh. I'm going to go over and try yelling at this guy's grave. Uh-huh. If I'm not back in 10 minutes, I want you to run home and tell your grandma that something terrible has happened. Oh, no. And he would get out of the car and leave us there in the middle oh my of the graveyard. Yeah. That grandpa's mean. 
Yeah, I mean, we're anywhere between like six years old and 12 at this point. And everyone would just sit in the car and debate about like, well, what do we do? And of course, he would stay gone like eight minutes, like just enough time for everyone to be panicking, but not actually leave and try to run back to the house. And he'd probably go like smoke a cigarillo (laughs) or something by what just laughing at us, I'm sure. So that is what creepy Christmas stories makes me think of. No, that is so cute. I love that so much. I know. I miss my adorable. That's that's for you, Pop Pop. We miss you. Aw. So yeah, send your stories. Give them the email address. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. You can also you can send voice memos, you can send an email, or you can send it to our website, hauntedaf.com. Right. And it doesn't have to be just a ghost story. A scary story, the time your house got robbed. I mean, it can be really anything because we are just looking for creepy Christmas and holiday horror stories. Rebecca, you know what time it is? What time? It's time for the (gasps) Dead Pet pet of the the Week. week. Ah, We didn't even even practice that. Yeah, we actually got one from (laughs) Kelly and we know Kelly because he is the one who sent us a picture of himself in his Haunted AF t-shirt. Yeah, with he was like, where was he? He was in front of those one of those big warships and he just bought one of the Haunted AF sweatshirts too. Yeah, so thank you, Kelly. Here is his story. Hey, spooky girls. I think my first submission is going to be part of your haunted pet stories. So growing up, we had a cat for, I want to say almost 20 years. I mean, it was the cat I grew up with. And the cat would always, you know, we had a dog, so it would always hide upstairs while the dog took it downstairs. We'd put away the dog so we could eat family dinners, like on holidays, and the cat would come down and enjoy the holidays. It was the only time the cat could really explore the house, purely because cats and dogs. Well, after maybe 15 years in the house we lived in, the cat passed away in the house, I believe. And afterwards, we would have these family dinners with no cat trying to come down the stairs, which was a little bit weird. But with the way the house is set up, the dining room was really open. So you could see up the stairs in the balcony area with all the lights shining in in the dining area. But the upstairs is a little bit darkened. And so on holidays, when we're all sitting in the dining area, you know, for Thanksgiving, we're all together, we're all eating. You can occasionally see the reflection in what would appeared to be cat's eyes hiding up in the dark between the banister rails. Wasn't every single holiday, but from, you know, a general, most of the time you could look up and you would catch a quick glimpse of her eyes kind of looking down at us as we eat, still hiding from the dog after all these years. It's not the only time we would see the cat, but it would be the majority of the time. Other times you swear you could see her walking between, you know, two countertops or between the kitchen island to the living room it's it's usually a quick thing but from time to time even up until today years and years later we still will catch a quick glimpse of the ghost cat so there's there's my quick little ghost pet story for y'all i hope you enjoy it okay so we got an email from jessica and she says when she lived in new york city she had a room so small there was barely enough room for me and my double bed every night i sensed that something was moving back and forth at the foot of my bed and sometimes i would see the outline of something that i couldn't make out entirely Mm, i don't like this once i woke up to see an old-timey carpet bag floating straight up and then disappearing into the ceiling what like a (laughs) what like mary poppins it's mary poppins okay retrieving her bag Jessica says, I finally talked to my mom's friend who's a medium, and she said there was a portal in my room, oh dear lord in Mm -mm. heaven, and that the thing at the end of my bed was a guardian for me to make sure nothing from the portal stuck around. Thankfully, one of my roommates with a bigger room moved out, and I upgraded into theirs. The bag? What the hell? 
There's no, no. Yeah, there's absolutely no, no good reason for that. for that. So this one comes from Bruce. He says, I was helping my sister-in-law get her home ready to go on the market in 2006. And when I was at home alone, I would constantly hear footsteps. Once when I was tiling the bathroom, I was hearing the footsteps going up and down the hallway, but they just came to a stop. I looked into the hallway and I saw two shoes and black slacks in the doorway as if a person was watching me work in the bathroom. But as I took a really good look, the pants actually stopped just below the knee. There was no body, nothing else above that, just the shoes and then the fading pants. My sister said that she experienced similar things while she was living there. Where's the rest of its body? And you know what? Didn't we have one like that uh, in one of our haunted hospital stories that they would see feet walking around, but there would be no body up above it. You would just see the feet under tables and stuff, and but there would be no body with it. I'm sorry. How does that happen? I don't don't. I don't want to think about it. it. (laughs) Especially (laughs) at a hospital, if that was yeah. Oh my god. What if what if that was like (gasps) amputated feet? That's what I'm saying. Like some sort of weird experiment or something. Holy crap! <laughs> it's the leftover leftover body parts. Okay, from no, I something. Wasn't, I wasn't thinking that. Like, if we get if a part of our body is amputated, can it like have a ghost that's actually <laughs> or it's walking around it, looking for you? Maybe. Oh, like it's I lost my legs. <laughs> All right. This story is from Kristen. She says, when I was about kindergarten age, my great grandmother moved into our home. She wasn't ill at the time, but she would hold full on conversations in her bedroom at night while my parents listened to the next room. They finally asked Nana who she was talking to. And she said, the lady in white who sits on the end of my bed. Mm. Creepy. (laughs) And yes, my parents were totally freaked out because this became a common occurrence. Fast forward a few months and my great Nana had to be taken to the hospital. While there, she starts conversing with her friend again, except this time when my parents asked who she was talking to, Nana said the lady, but she was wearing black today. Nana passed away the day she saw the lady dressed in black. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen to what Kristen says. She goes, what in the AF, right? <laughs> yes, I was thinking the same thing. Girl. Yeah. She said, my parents are still visibly creeped out when they tell this story. And it's been years. Great job with the podcast, friends. And I love listening. Oh, oh thank, thank you, you Kristen. Kristen. Oh, your Nana. Poor Nana. Having conversations with, with that lady in white. Again, the lady in white. I don't know. But she dressed in black. I guess we know what to watch for, right? I guess. Um, oh, it says, hi, Rebecca and Julie. Just want to say I love the podcast. I binged the last two past weeks since finding it. And sadly, I just finished all the episodes. And for the record, when you finish all of the episodes, that's when it's time for you to either send us a story mm-hmm. or tell all your friends. Yes, please, tell all your friends to listen to the podcast. Retweet us. I have a short story, but first I want to tell you that I am in Massachusetts and I, as well as my daughter, had to do square dancing in middle school. (laughs) I know one of you thought that it was odd in the coach episode, uh, but we aren't even in Texas and it's still a thing. Seriously, whenever I would do square dancing, that was in North Carolina. That's so funny. So, so my, it was a thing. It's not my, just me. We didn't have it in PE, but my grandma did make us do it when she started learning how to square dance. <laughs> oh. And by the way, grandma square dancing, not as much fun as it sounds. Oh, but it sounds, did she wear the little dresses? She, oh, she straight up had the dress and the boots and all that kind of stuff. And the petticoat, it was ridiculous. See, square dancing is almost worth it for the outfit. For the outfit. And just so you know, when I am a grandma, I will be doing that <laughs> if 
it involves a petticoat, I will be all about it. Okay. So she says, anyway, when I was 12 or 13, my mother went to a psychic, which she had done several times in the past. She said that my father, who had passed away when I was seven, was going to be signaling us by playing with a light. So she was watching for this light Mm -hmm. light. Time passed. And though I never really forgot, I stopped looking for it after a while. When I was about 17, I was home alone, lying in bed with my disc man. She says, yeah, I'm dating myself. (laughs) Suddenly, the hall light began rapidly going on and off, on and off, on and off. Immediately, I'm annoyed. I flung off my headphones and yelled, what? But I heard silence. See, I thought mom must be home and she was getting my attention and flashing the light since I had my headphones on, but no response. So I laid there for a minute in the dark, realizing that the light had stayed off. And then it went back on again. And then it went off again. Now I'm completely freaked out and frozen. So I closed my eyes. And finally, in as firm a voice I could muster, I said, this is not funny. Dad, if this is you, I'm scared. I am not ready for this. Stop. So the light turned back on. And then everything just stopped. Oh, my gosh. Nothing like that has ever happened before or ever again. I no longer live in that house and I never had a light experience afterwards. But a couple years ago, I went to visit my dad's grave. Now, I always have a hard time finding it because it's on a hill with a bunch of those flat, neatly lined granite stones. So I was looking down in the grass trying to find it and I saw this great big feather. It was an owl feather. And I walked straight to the feather. It was right in front of my dad's grave. Could it be pure coincidence? I don't think so. And thank you so much for having a great show to listen to. Oh, my gosh. That's a really sweet story. That is really, really Aww. sweet. I love that she yelled at her dad. I know, right? Dad, stop it. stop it. It's not funny. You're scaring me. <laughs> and this comes from Roger, who worked in an assisted living facility. The first story involved a middle-aged woman we'll call Sarah. Oh, I love it when we have fake names. Yeah. (laughs) Sarah had a brain tumor and as a result was prone to talking nonsensically. Hmm. We generally rolled with her stories because Sarah was so nice. But one time she got a very strange kind of menacing look on her face. She looked at my coworker, Emily, and said, say hi to your mother, Beth, for me. (laughs) Then she rolled over and went to sleep. I shrugged it off, but Emily went pale and got a strange look on her face. I asked what's wrong. And when she left the room and she said, Sarah really freaked me out. My mom's name is Beth. There was no reason for Sarah to know anything about Emily's mother. In fact, it was the first time Emily had even worked with Sarah. So we talked about dementia before. I can't remember if I told this story or not about whenever I used to volunteer at an Alzheimer's daycare center. Mm -hmm. And there was one day I was working with this woman I had never met before. And I was actually interviewing for a job in Oklahoma City at that point in time. Hadn't talked to anybody about it. Definitely was had not talked to this woman with Alzheimer's. And we were waiting for her daughter to come and pick her up. And we were just talking about her daughter. And out of nowhere, the woman looked at me and she went, Oklahoma City. Like I had mentioned it. And she yeah. was like, oh, we love Oklahoma City. I went there with my husband once. And she laughed and she said, I can't remember my husband's name right now, but I remember I loved Oklahoma City. That's a great town. Oh, my god! And I was like, holy cow like i didn't mention it but it was one of those things like yeah. it was very heavy on my mind right the whole dementia thing i think there's something going on there so i do too so both of my grandparents my grandmother had alzheimer's my granddad had uh dementia and when my grandmother passed away we couldn't tell my granddad because he wouldn't remember right right and um so literally oh. when he was on his deathbed um maybe a month later at one point he looks up to the corner of the room and he goes mary which is my grandmother's name oh. he goes I can't go yet. Oh, Rebecca! I know. Oh I know. She's got chills like, down my leg. Literally, my mom and I just looked at each other and we were like, oh yeah, that's full on. That's straight up my grandmother. I have no doubt in my mind that she was there saying, Harvey, hurry up. Let's like, go. Hurry up. I've yeah. been waiting on you. Come on. What, how long? It, not even 10 days later. Oh my God. I, I mean, I literally think they they passed away 
a little over a month apart from each other. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. What a relief it is to know that no, she was, I knew. Uh, she was yeah, no. waiting for and, him yeah, like, impatiently. And the whole time, seriously, the whole time he was looking up and looking around and calling out names of people who had already passed away. Oh, my God. So I have no doubt that there were like a string of people just like, hey, Ooh, hurry up. We're waiting go. on you. So this one is also from Roger. He says, my grandma was best friends with her neighbor, Elaine, and um, they had been for decades. They were so close that I even called her my Grammy Elaine. Well, Elaine passed away from a burst aneurysm in her home, and my grandmother was absolutely devastated. Elaine's husband was a truck driver, so he was frequently gone, leaving the house empty. My grandma would often go over to the house to make sure it was clean or help pack up some of Elaine's things. Well, one day, my grandma was making dinner and decided to run over to the house while her soup was cooking. Grandma noticed that there was a leak in Elaine's basement and she started cleaning things up while she was there. She got lost in her work and completely lost track of time when she heard someone yell, Carol! Carol. So she goes running upstairs and finds no one in the house. Grandma then looked out the window and saw smoke coming out of her own kitchen. She rushed home and found that the soup had cooked down to nothing and was burning on the stove. She said, had it not been for that mysterious voice calling out to her, her house probably would have caught on fire. And she thinks it's Elaine. Oh, and I do too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to agree with you on yeah. that. Well, I, he says I do too. That's from him. But I agree with Roger no, I, That's too. what I meant. I meant, I'm yeah, sorry, I agree we, with Roger. <laughs> we all agree with you, Roger. <laughs> Hey girls, super pumped to be on the show. I listen all day, every day at work. You get me through the day. So a little back story on my life. My dad is actually a radio DJ out of North Mississippi for a nationally known radio station, 300 stations in 49 states. We actually had our own show, and it was called JJ and Lauren in the Morning. And as far as we know, we're the first ever daddy-daughter national radio duo. So we had so much fun, um, and it was such a neat experience. Okay, so in 1999, my parents bought some land and started building their dream home on it. Um, It was lakefront property. It was beautiful. I mean, it was just, it was a dream. So, shortly after someone popped in and said, you know, the house that used to be here, the house that was on the land before, burned down and trapped a guy and a girl, and it killed him. So, my parents were like, nope, sure didn't know that. Uh, Good to know. Um, Both my parents are pastors, so of course they were laying hands on the place and praying over it. Fast forward years, we were there, I mean, that was my childhood home. It was... It was the house that built me. Um, wow, that was so cheesy. I cannot believe I just said that. Anyway, I'm probably five, six, seven when I first start noticing somebody else is definitely occupying our space. I would see a man in a black trench coat walking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth between the bedrooms. And this one particular day, it was bright outside. I mean, it was right and dead in the middle of the day. And I look over. And I see him, and he stops, 
screams at me. And he just walked into the back bedroom and that was the last time I ever saw him. So we end up putting the house on the market. It sells. So we're moving into the new house and we're sitting around the dinner table and somehow the subject came up of the house being haunted and, and mom and dad just looked at each other and laughed because we were like, we can't believe y'all never believed us because we totally saw this stuff. And mom said, well, we never wanted to feed into it or for y'all to be fearful, but we absolutely know that that house was haunted. And to me, this is news to me and my sisters. We're like, what the heck, guys? So, of course, we're like, well, how did you know? So this one night they're asleep I mean it's middle of the night you know everybody's been in bed for a few hours all of a sudden mom wakes up and the house is on fire it was a very distinct sound of I mean fire has a distinct sound kind of like a rumbly you know whatever and then she was choking physically choking on smoke because it was so thick in the room she shakes my dad awake and she's like honey oh my god oh my god like the house is on fire we have to get the kids so dad wakes up and, and him too he's you know panicked and he's having to cover his face because he's choking physically on smoke in our home house is on fire so they jump out of bed and they can't see two feet in front of him because a it's three in the morning and b the house is filled with smoke so mom runs over to where she knows the light switch is and she flips on the light switch and y'all as she turns on the light the smoke vanishes as if it was never there there wasn't a smell nothing but if you'll remember the house that was on the property before burned down so here's another, we could say it's a dead pet of the week story, but not really. And I feel like this one is really appropriate for Thanksgiving. Okay. okay. So we're getting this one off of Reddit and um, she says, hey, y'all, just thought I would share this here. When I was 12, my parents could no longer pay for my horseback riding lessons. So they contacted a local rescue stable and asked if I could hang out there. To my surprise, it was just one lady who owned the farm and had 32 horses at the time. She invited me over and told me I could have my own horse if I helped muck the stalls and do barn chores with her. So that summer, I spent over eight hours a day there. In those long hours, I was pretty much entirely alone, except when the owner was giving me riding and training lessons. With 32 horses pretty much free roaming the field and an old dairy barn, on nice days, all the horses and various dogs and cats would just hang out in the pastures. So many times I would have all the stalls shut and be sweeping and I would hear a horse stumble or shuffle in their stall, turn around and of course no horses are there. Sometimes I would be inside a stall sprinkling sawdust around and feel a prickly muzzle touch my neck, turn around, no horse. I would feel cats paw my hands, no cats, a dog nudging my hip when there was nothing there. One day I literally watched two white cats sprint across the barn and race into a stall. I followed and of course, no cats. There was an old white Arabian named Corona that I rode a few times who passed at the age of 36. His best buddy was a leopard Appaloosa named Hopper, who was 30 when Corona passed. About three weeks later, I had put Hopper in his stall to groom him when he suddenly turned from me and reached over into Corona's empty stall and breathed heavily. Then he pricked his ears and quivered in a way he would to greet Corona in the next stall. I just had chills come all over my body as I watched him say hello to thin air. Here's my theory on why so many horses and animals stuck around. The owner bought the farm in the 80s and since then had rescued hundreds of abused horses. Lots of the horses there were misfits. So many animals that were beat, scarred, walked with a limp, would tremble when you touched them. So many horrors they went through. Some of them were just abandoned because they had cancer. They were too old to ride and people got bored of them. People routinely dumped animals there. I'm not kidding when I say a few times a year the owner would wake up to a new horse in her yard because someone just literally dumped it there. And yet that farm was the most peaceful place in the world. Aww. 
All those animals that never really passed on stuck around to hang out with their friends and just to be in a place that they knew they would never be hurt. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's like the sweetest story ever. I feel like this should be the end of our Thanksgiving story. I know. Oh. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving from I Haunted know. AF. Oh. All right, Haunted AFers, remember to subscribe either iTunes, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, as well as our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Ooh, it's so bright and shiny over there. Got to say thanks to our board op, Ziggy Backer. <laughs> and to Andrew Mamalaga <laughs> for our theme song. Also, a shout out to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we have to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm going to come back and haunt you. Oh, I'll come back and haunt you too, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>